Welcome to the Inspired with Mika Lori podcast. I am so excited that you guys are joining us today. I have a very special guest with me. She is one of my all-time best friends in the world. We are um, besties when it comes to music and craziness, and we work together, and we went to college together, and we have just a wonderful history together. We've been through a bunch of trauma together as well, just really have had each other back throughout this whole uh, lifetime that we've had as a friendship. But anyways, I could keep talking about that and keep going. I want to introduce my wonderful, wonderful interviewee today. Her name is Ashley Martinez, and she works with a wonderful organization called Podandos Los Niños here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So welcome, Ashley. I am so grateful for you to join me today. Thank you, Nika, for having me on. I am super excited to be here and super excited to have this conversation with you um, and get the word out about what we do here and the impact we're making in our community. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so before we get into the interview, I want to just take a moment to acknowledge you for the amazing amount of work that you have done in our community with multiple different nonprofits and um, causes, because I know you've been involved in a lot of them. Um, I had the absolute pleasure of working with you through the Alzheimer's Association, where we got to help people all over the state dealing with dementia and Alzheimer's disease. But you do a ton of other things, which we're going to get into. And I just, I just want to say thank you, because I think what you do to support the community is just outstanding. And we're lucky to have you. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Okay. So Ashley, um, my thing is that I usually don't read bios about my interviewees. I really want people to be able to tell their own story in their own words. So can you tell me a little bit how you got started and kind of walk me through the process? How did you end up at CLN and just how did you start working in nonprofits and supporting the community in general? So I guess let's start with how I started working for nonprofits, um, because as most college students, I didn't know where I was going, what I was doing after college. Um, But in terms of direction, uh, thanks to you and and our friendship, you know, uh, the opportunity arose to be a part of the Alzheimer's Association. Um, And I myself had the personal connection in terms of my grandmother having dementia. So it was definitely the right fit. Um, but what really changed my interest in terms of like, this is the field I want to be in is that specific job because I started off as a administrative assistant and honestly, that was, it was a a hard emotional job just because of the fact we had to pick up those calls and talk to caregivers and, and just hear their realities. Right. And I, and I felt that and, um, while I was going through college, you know, the main thing I wanted to do was give back. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, yes, I'll get this degree, but I want to make a difference. After I leave this earth, um, I want to make sure that I have an impact made and I change somebody's life. And and uh, even if I'm not remembered, right? Like at least somebody's life has been changed by my actions. Yeah, just that ripple effect. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely that ripple effect. And so to be able to put those smiles on on individuals' faces, I mean, I'm definitely one that would give anything to anybody else before I give to myself. So I feel like nonprofits fit perfectly with who I am uh, and what I stand for, really. That's beautiful. I love that. You are one of the most giving people I've ever had the pleasure of knowing in my life. So I think it fits you perfectly. I try yeah. So tell me a little bit about uh, CLN or Cuidando Los Niños. Tell me about what you do there and how you got started there. Awesome. So going back to college, I initially always wanted to work with kids, right? Mm-hmm. But my, my major was strategic communications. I didn't really know how to connect that with kids mm-hmm. um, at that time. But I also took family studies as my minor. Um, and I wish I would have taken it in the beginning and totally made that my realm, mm-hmm. but with communication and family studies together, I was able to, um, move into this position. And mm-hmm. so in this position, I get the best of both worlds, right? Because as development director, as you know, uh, you have, have many roles and many hats, Absolutely. but the most 
awarding part is being able to, because I always wanted to be a teacher growing up, but I mean, it's like an anti-mode for me because mm-hmm. I get to see the kids, but then I could come out of the classroom and still do my work. So for me, it's kind of like the best of both worlds. I get, yeah. I get to, uh, just like I did in college, I get to do the communications part, but also the family and, and really, I mean, a lot of these kiddos go through hell and back. And, uh, tell me a little bit about what CLN actually does. Like, how do you, how do you, I know you work with children, but how do you support the children for the listeners who don't know about CLN? Absolutely. So Cuidando has been around for 30 years. Um, and which is amazing one Mm -hmm. for to stand up for that long. Um, but we take a dual approach on homelessness. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is not only are we providing our kiddos six weeks to five years old with a five-star education right, for free? Uh, we are on this end, we're helping the parents. So once they're enrolled, we start a family success program for mm-hmm. them. And so within two months of our program, they either have to have a job or they have to um, be going to school. Mm-hmm. So we have those stepping stones for them. But on top of that, we also have a housing program. So we are literally pulling our families out of homelessness into stability. That's amazing. Um, it really is. I mean, 80% of our constituents are single women fleeing from domestic violence situations. Okay. Um, and when I first started here, that number was very daunting to me because yeah. that's high. Uh, that's huge. That's a, yeah. that's a huge percentage. Um, and I feel like society in general gives homelessness such a, a stigma, mm-hmm. right? Because when you, if you close your eyes and I said the word homelessness, you picture the man on the corner panhandling. Mm-hmm. You do not, you do not picture a six month old baby on the corner. Right. Right. And in terms of media, sometimes they portray it as, Oh, people who do drugs and alcohol are the only people homeless. Right. Right which is in fact not true. They are amongst us all. I mean, any of us at any point could be homeless right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And in terms of our families, they're doing it to save their kids and themselves in a lot of these situations. Um, And so that's kind of the model we have. And for our kiddos, when they come in, they are 75% developmentally behind from, from normal kiddos. So, and that's physical, that's cognitive, um, all of the above. And when I say these kids have been through hell and back, I mean it in the deepest sense. Because yeah. uh, they have seen, I mean, but it's also crazy because it's their normal. Right. So that's right. that's what we have to portray to our don- donors is, yeah, it's sad, but to them, that's their normal. That's even sadder. Because uh-huh. we as adults need to be able to say, okay, I'm going to be a voice for this child who doesn't have a voice. Right. You know, and this goes into what you teach women in your program. When they come into our program, their self-esteem is shot, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And when your self-esteem is so low, it's hard to pick yourself up. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what we do here is we're their foundation. We become their family. And we say, look, just be honest with us. Tell us what's going on so that way we can help you. Mm Mm-hmm. So I love, I mean, I love what you guys do because I think it's a population that is so um, not seen. You know, there is not enough focus on this population, um, especially with women with children who come from domestic violence and have been battered and don't have the tools and skills to rebuild on their own. Um, and you, you touched on it a little bit, the, the, um, I think the homeless population that we tend to look at is, you know, these, these older men, we a lot of times think about veterans, which is heartbreaking in its own sense. We think about, you know, the, the drug addicts that have, um, kind of lost control of their lives in that sense but we rarely see the women on the street with the children. What are some of the things that, that we just as general, you know, women who, you know, are lucky to have kind of a home and, and um, positive situation are like, what are some of the things that we can do to support organizations like yours and support some of these women to help kind of rebuild their lives? I love it. And, and you know, that in terms of what you were saying, because of the fact that a lot of people, it's an out of sight, out of mind, kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. 
And all of us are guilty of it. I was guilty of it before, before I even knew about this organization. I, it wasn't even a thought, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You don't think about home, homeless children. It's just not a thought. Uh, yeah. And, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people are afraid of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I feel, I feel like I've grown in this position just because I've been hit with so many reality checks in my own life. Yeah, yeah. That I'm like, wow, like, I I don't know, I I just have a different view and I can connect um, stronger and and do my work better Mm -hmm. because of Mm -hmm. um, through everything that I've done. I mean, it's helped to where I am right now. Mm -hmm. And it goes hand in hand with what you teach your ladies in your program. And it's, I mean, even us who work here, we have to make sure to keep our self-esteem up and our morale going because there's so many situations that we see here. I mean, when we have to call CYFD, those Mm -hmm. those are the worst days. Absolutely. Uh, I can't even imagine. The worst days. Uh, The first time we had to call, I mean, the first two weeks I worked here, I cried like every night when I went home Mm -hmm. just because you hear the stories, you hear Mm -hmm. how the kiddos are. I mean, we had a kiddo who uh, he was having headphones pulled his pants up. So he had like the iPhone headphones. So those were tied to hold his pants up, but he was also not eating enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so to be able to see their growth, it's just so amazing. I mean, these kids are so cool. I feel like the coolest person in town every morning because I get to say hello to them. (laughs) And and they're uh, they're just so much life. And you see their smiles. And, but also you see their conversations. So Mm -hmm. if you would stay, if you would come visit us for a week, Mm -hmm. right. And then go to a normal, uh, say normal, but normal preschool, a different preschool, you'd be amazed Mm -hmm. because the conversations are extremely different because of their circumstances. Right. Right. Um, I mean, outside on the playground, we had a kid who threatened to, uh, shoot another girl. Oh my gosh. Or stab her. And or, you know, when they're riding on the bikes, oh, let's stop at the smoke shop. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it's it's amazing what you hear, the conversations you hear. How much they've picked up from the environment that they grew up in. Yeah, my third yeah. day, I had one of our preschoolers who was five. She looked at me and said, daddy punched mom in the face this morning. Oh, my God. And uh, for that, I mean, that truly that truly got me. I yeah. mean, I, I was in a household growing up uh, in domestic violence as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me to hear that, she was brave because I can tell you, I never did that. And as adults, you have those regrets. But looking back at these children, like being able to give back to them and give them the strength that that you as a child didn't have, like it's everything because you see their growth. So what are ways that, um, you know, myself or our listeners could support you guys? Is it through donations? Is it volunteering? Is it, what's the best way to approach that? The best way would be uh, monetary right now. In terms of in-kind, we do accept items, um, children's clothing, Mm -hmm. uh, any house items. Since we do get our families housed, a lot of times they don't have anything to take with them. so I always tell donors, just imagine moving into your first apartment and not having a thing. Right. Uh, from pots and pans to plates and bowls. Mm-hmm. From a simple poster of Mickey Mouse. And you know, I mean, that could change the mindset. Right. Right. What, what you have in your environment affects your mindset, but Absolutely. also affects the other steps to success. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so it's um, those steps that you take. So what have, what have things been like for you guys through COVID and the pandemic? You know, I've heard a lot of reports that people are really concerned that there's actually more domestic violence going on right now, even though it's not being reported because people are stuck in their homes and in unsafe environments and they may not feel safe to report the situation at the time. What are you guys seeing and, and what are your concerns, you know, as some of these um, stay-at-home orders are being lifted, do you think you're going to have a wave of people coming into you? Sadly, yes. Um, that is definitely one of our, our concerns, just because, you know, what you just said with the numbers, even though they're not high, 
that's actually more scary because, yeah. you know, that means that a lot of kiddos might be being silenced. Um, and sadly, we do live in a world of, of a lot of unknowns right now. Um, and that's with COVID and that's in everything in the households. Um, but we have been lucky during COVID. We actually housed six of our families. Oh, um, wow. So prior COVID, we had housed, um, let me see, we were at about 38 fam- of families. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to house the rest during mm-hmm. COVID, um, which was great because once COVID hit, it was no go, right? We stopped our housing program. Everything was paused. Right. But we had the problem because there was an influx of individuals in the shelters. Mm-hmm. And those shelters aren't big enough to for social distancing. Right. Right. So that increases their chances of getting the virus. Has there been um, an uptick of cases, do you by chance know, in the shelters? There has not. So no, as far as we know, there was only one um, on the West Side shelter. Okay. Um, but other than that, it's been okay. It's a blessing. Uh, it's lucky. Oh, we were, and we were just so happy to get as many people as we had housed. And then once, once those shelters filled up, because all of them were filled in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. we had no other choice but to reopen our housing program in order to circulate individuals into housing so they can take more people in. Right, right. So I'm going to get a little personal with you. I want to know. So I, you've mentioned, you know, you had domestic violence in your life growing up and that you had some struggles. And, and I know some other things have um, happened to you throughout your life. What are some of the personal changes that or habit changes that you've had to make in order to get to where you are today? It's a great question because that's a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot of personal changes. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, things that happen in life that are unknown to why it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes you just have to really reset and, mm-hmm. and, uh, for so long, I had a lot of a tragic events happen and occur time after time after time. And when that happens to you, you get stuck in a spiral, mm-hmm. right? So you don't Absolutely. really have, you don't have time to breathe. You don't have time to look. You don't have time to stop, period. Um, and I chose to flip that switch, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, it's up to you. It's up to you. I mean, as much as anybody could tell you, I don't know how many times you, you told me, you know, come on, you could do it. Like it's all here. And Absolutely. It's, um, and so for me, what I did was, I mean, it's that positive perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Like think, think of the positive, think of the positive. Um, and I think what really, really changed to be honest is, is, you know, as you know, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. The day after they said that I was cancer free, oh yeah, like <laughs> that takes my life, and that's that's my turning point. Honestly, yeah. that was my oh, I need to buckle up, do whatever I can, mm-hmm. right? Because when I was told I had cancer, I was like, I'm not done. Like I didn't even get started. Right. You know, that was my, yeah. that's my first initial thought. Like I haven't even gotten started on my capability and the energy that others are putting towards me. Right. And, and, uh, and it's that because I, I, there's so much energy that's been positive energy that's Mm -hmm. been surrounding me for through all of these traumatic incidences. The fact that those positive energies have not left Mm -hmm. helped me grow stronger. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make sure that I'm I'm utilizing that energy now and putting it in a better direction. So, mm-hmm. and it, that's how I started looking at things. It's like, where am I putting my energy? Yeah. Right. And like, so I visualize energy as like this positive bubble of like cool colors, right? Like here's a, my turquoise bubble of positivity. And I'm going to keep this in my realm and I'm going to keep those positive energies in there to make sure that I stay focused. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, meditation has been key for me. That is one of the hardest things I have ever tried to do. It's hard to stay focused, but once you get used to it, it's so, so um, just enlightening. It just changes your energy in your body. It is 
the most highly recommended thing I remember for anybody. Um, I was always afraid of seeing myself in the mirror in terms of like mental health, right? Like so many ups and downs. I just didn't want to deal with what was in front of me. Mm-hmm. But when I, I decided to go, you flip that switch and say, you know what? Well, what can I do? Right. What can I do? Because I have control over what's taking place. Right. And so I'm like, cool, jumped on my meditation app, which was brought by another positive energy. Right. Like I, I was a positive energy who came into my life and said, you know what, Ash, try this. Right. It wasn't like a, a force or anything. It was just like, try it. I'm like, oh, it doesn't hurt. Right. And so being able to sit still is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> To, to let your mind go, it is the coolest place to be in. And it's it's helped reset my being every day. So I try to make it intentional. That's beautiful. Because I think you become um, so much more creative as well when you just let your mind sit. I know I get some of my best ideas when I just kind of disconnect from the world and put my you know phone down and turn off the TV and just kind of breathe, even if I'm not like consciously trying to meditate, just that silence, just that break from all the chaos helps kind of reset and, and get more creative. Exactly. And I was, I mean, I'm lucky enough to be born in, in the time where technology was like barely coming in, you know, we still had dial up, but like, we still had (laughs) And so I feel like for a lot of people, in in this age frame, right, like twenty eight to thirty five, mm-hmm. it's weird because we're so we we have that patience. We have that patience in order to like wait for that phone call. Like, oh my gosh, is he gonna call me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but we also jump straight into like this world of technology, and it, it was like, okay, we have to be on the up and up. We have to be, you know, this this this. It's so fast paced mm-hmm. that. Nobody said, hey, slow down. Yeah, I think. And it's okay. It's okay to slow down. I think that is the biggest. I'm so glad you said that. I think that if there's one thing that I want to drive home to the listeners or to any women out there or anyone at all, really, is it is okay to slow down. Like it is okay to not get everything done. It is okay to be imperfect. It is okay to put your phone down and not respond to every single message. It's okay to slow down. I think that's such a huge, huge, amazing piece of advice you, you're giving. It's one of the hugest pieces of advice and one of the hardest. True. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great advice, but it's super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, my coping mechanism with, with all my traumatic events was just like, all right, well, I'm going to throw myself into this. I'm going to throw myself into this project. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But when you're constantly going, I mean, I guess that's one positive upside about COVID because you would go anywhere. You can't block anything, right? So, I mean, to take away positives for those out there who are still working from home um, or not being able to see their loved ones, I mean, take this as an opportunity for Mm -hmm. self-growth. Absolutely. And I I feel like self-growth has like this weird, like, perception on it right like people are like oh yeah self-growth like but it's real like when you get into it you're like cool like you realize you're missing out on so much on who you are and other people really don't matter and I don't know if it's age or what but I'm like you know what like it's true the people who are there for you are there for you Mm -hmm. anybody else at a certain point like you know if any young graduates are watching this like just know like don't worry, those people, uh, they might be there, but like, look, you, you're here, right? I only had two college friends and you guys are literally still my best friends. Like, and that, that, that's totally fine with me. And that's the reality is, you know, you pick, pick wisely because, you know, majority of the people in your life will only last for a certain season. And then you guys are meant to go different directions. That's okay. But the ones that are with you, those are the ones that you really need to invest in and build those relationships and support each other and choose those people wisely for sure. And I like how you said seasons because that's definitely a great description of life. 
because uh I mean my life goes like this. There's so many ups and downs, like like the worst scribble ever. Like yeah. there's there's no straight path. And I believe that there's no straight path for anybody. Yeah. Like nobody has have a perfect slate that says, Cool, I wanna do this. And if this is gonna happen, like do 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 do. So on your bumpy path, what are some of the best uh, resources that you've come across that have helped you um, pr- with personal growth, with overcoming tragedy, uh, with just getting stronger and healthier in general? What are some of those resources? So I would say number one would definitely be uh, therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing that uh, a lot of people are afraid of. You know, I was afraid of that for the longest time. You know, I remember. And I I refuse to go, but sometimes it's just because you don't connect with the the therapist you have. That's the biggest thing I wish people would realize is that it's not therapy itself that's the issue. It's that you have to find the right person that you need to talk to. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then once you have that, then you start realizing a lot because the therapist kind of just throws back at you what you say, which is kind of like, bring, bring, right? And it gets, I mean, sometimes it's frustrating, but then you're like, I get it. But that's kind of the whole model. That's that's positive psychology, really. And that's really what behavior change is about. Um, with coaching, it's the same thing. It's really trying to um, help clients understand that they already have the knowledge and willpower within them. They just need help identifying it and pulling it out of themselves so that they can implement it to, you know, create really good change in their life. And so sometimes when they're throwing those things back at you, I, I know it seems, um, you know, counterintuitive or like kind of a waste of time, but the idea is that you're actually coming up with the answers for yourself. You just needed a person to facilitate that for you. Exactly. And I'm, I'm definitely that person. Like I'm, I'm more of a to-do list person. I, I do have like left brain features where I'm like super creative and think of like cool words and new words and words that people don't even know, but new words, new things. <laughs> I have my own book. I'll be copywriting that pretty soon. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's not easy. None of this yeah. is easy. Life isn't easy. Nobody said it was ever going to be easy, but I feel like I keep the words that my mom told me. She said, you know, it takes courage for a person to live every single day. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so true because I mean, it's the little things you wake up in the morning. Hey, you woke up somewhere out there in the world. Another person did not get that chance to do so. Mm -hmm. You know, you have two arms. Let's use them. Mm -hmm. You have two legs. Let's use them. So like you, like you said, implementing what you have in front of you or on you in order to grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And once you, once you have that view, I mean, write it down because if you don't write it down, it doesn't happen. Then it's just a thought, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many thought bubbles that go through our head on a daily basis mm-hmm. that unless you're like, stamp it on, I'm going to do this, like get it done. Or as you say, own it, right? Like own it. And yeah, I, absolutely. Hey, I walked into this position and you'd be proud because I own it and I, I do own it and I've grown and it's helped me because I reassure myself. You know, I, we're here, we're doing good and we're, we're making an impact and changing lives. Yeah. Changing lives that I mean, you really, truly are changing lives. And that's such a wonderful, wonderful thing. Oh, it's awesome. When these kids get housed, oh, it's like the best day. Cause they're like, guess what teacher Ashley, like we're getting a house today. Like I get my own room. Man, they're so psyched. They're just, <laughs> it's amazing. So for somebody else that wanted to make, uh, you know, positive change in their community, similar to yours, what advice would you give them? You know, what, what direction would you point them in? I would point them in the direction of awareness Mm -hmm. because unless you aren't aware of the topic and, or the situation, you will not be Mm -hmm. contributing. Right. Um, so I would say help spread awareness, get involved. I mean, go, go like our CLN page. Um, and help us share, help us share all of our posts. And we have amazing volunteer opportunities. So if you have, you know, business, we do a big 
if you do have big groups, like 20 or more, um, you just shoot me an email and we could work out a date where you guys come and clean the playground. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had T-Mobile uh, do that with the sand. They actually flipped all of our sand, which I didn't even know was a thing. Mm-hmm. But put bleach on it and then you flip it. And Ooh. yeah, it takes away any bugs or anything in there. Interesting. Um, yeah. So we definitely have those opportunities. Um, and just really talking about this issue. Because like you said, it's not in the forefront, which right. is super concerning because these are children. These are children in our community, specifically Albuquerque. Yeah. But um, I mean, this is happening all over the country. It's yeah. I mean, a huge issue really across the world. But And it yeah. should not. But the only reason it is is because it's that out of sight, out of mind mentality. Mm-hmm. So it really break the cycle and break the stigma of this. And one reason, um, you know, kind of bounce off of that. One reason why I try to focus so much on women is that I really think if you empower a woman, it empowers the entire family because the woman really feeds, you know, into taking care of the children and raising the children and making them stronger people. They breed community relationships where it's the grandmother and the aunt and the, you know, the, the whole family dynamic. And then they tend to feed into the community as well, where they do community volunteering and support and, you know, food banks and things like that. And so often that's female driven. You know, I think that the nonprofit world is a really good example. I think it's like 70% of the employees in the nonprofit world are females, they're women. And so I think if you empower a woman, you empower the family and in turn and empower the community and empower the world. So I think it's wonderful that you guys really try to focus on that. Yes, definitely. And we also, I mean, I could do virtual tours now um, because now that, you know, we're COVID, we're not letting anybody but staff and children in the building. But if anybody would want to take a tour, I mean, the best tour guide in Albuquerque, so definitely make sure to take it, give a good tour. But that's what I love about my job, right? If you gave a thousand dollars today, I could show you exactly where that money goes. And it's, uh, it warms my heart because to be able to give that to a donor instantly mm-hmm. is amazing because it just shows them that, Hey, you are changing lives and changing the direction. And I mean, we teamed up with United Bank. Yeah. So we teamed up with United Way to do a feeding families program. Mm-hmm. And so what this program is, is they started this campaign. We get money from United Way, from everybody in Albuquerque. And then we go and support a local uh, restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then we buy the food and give it back to our children and families. Mm-hmm. And this has been an amazing program. To, and I've, I've been super honored to, uh, to run it for our organization uh, because and a lot of these people have never eaten at these places. Yeah. And to have good quality food. It's that same, it's dignity. We want our families to have dignity. They're just like us. They're no less. They are no less than us. Um, and one of the moms, it really got me because she said, you know, it feels good to feel the same. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what do you, what do you mean? She's like, like you, like, it feels good. It feels good to just feel normal for yeah. what? Uh, because you hear, you know, media is always slashing homelessness. And I mean, I have some people who've asked, well, where are they? How come I never see them? Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, would you want to be a single mom on the corner with three of your babies? Yeah, you have to think about safety and keeping those children protected. And, you know, what is the safest environment for them? And and panhandling on the corner is probably not the safest place to have, you know, three children under the age of 10 or so, you know, if it, there's shelters and lots of other places that they can. Especially with our baby babies. Cause like six weeks, like those are baby babies. Baby babies. Yeah. So where can people connect with you online? Where's the best place to reach out to you? So they can connect with us on a Facebook. Facebook's a really good uh, platform for us on our CLN page. We are actually going to be doing a huge rebrand, a rebrand, background because <laughs> we started off at Cuidando Los Niños, went to CLN Kids. Now we're going back to Cuidando Los Niños. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll be seeing a, a new website here in July. Um, and so brace for that. Um, 
yeah, that's all the secrets I, I could tell about that one. Okay. But it's definitely going to be exciting. Um, and so help us really push this out. We have some excited uh, COVID fundraisers in the uh, mixture. So be, uh, be alert for that. Um, and, you know, COVID, that's one thing about development. I know this is, uh, we'll probably go into this, but like COVID has changed fundraising across the board. Oh, absolutely. And it's crazy because it's like, well, you literally have to pivot. Like you're pulling a Ross on friends, right? Pivot, pivot. Yeah. And, and just jump into this digital realm, Mm -hmm. but turn fundraising is you can't stop fundraising, right? Because we need nonprofits. We need nonprofits, hands down. Absolutely. Yeah. Converting to that is, uh, it's interesting, <laughs> but it's also fun because you can be innovative and creative. So if there's anybody out there who's like, well, what can I do? Help be innovative. Let's come mm-hmm. up with something cool together. Like if you have a, a business out there and you're a small business owner and you have a great idea, like let's do a paint night. Let's deliver, you know, let's deliver canvases and let's, let's do a virtual paint night mm-hmm. right? or a karaoke night on Zoom. Let's get innovative together because together that's how we're going to make a change. Right. Not by me, not by just you. It has to be together mm-hmm. uh, with no divide. Yeah. I think that, I think the key thing is understanding the community around the nonprofits and that, you know, you can be in multiple communities and multiple nonprofits and support them all. And it's not always monetary. Sometimes it is just uh, making introductions to other people. Maybe it is just dropping off supplies for like the paint night, something like that. It doesn't necessarily always have to be a monetary donation. Absolutely. And that's a great point because like, let's say somebody did donate art supplies, right? Mm-hmm. Then we would be able to do host a fundraiser and actually get a hundred percent of those proceeds back. Right. Right. And, yeah. and so that really, really helps. But I mean, it's just togetherness at this point. And it's going to be interesting to see how the world comes together. Um, I mean, I have high hopes. I, I do have high hopes for humanity. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see, um, you know, if if all these nonprofits go back to major events, um, like in-person major events, even after there's a vaccine, it'll be interesting to see what the permanent changes are long-term. It is definitely going to be interesting. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to look like. It's, it's uh, evolving and it's weird to be a part of that because it's like, it's your position and you're like, uh, whoa, just moving with the world, right? Like <laughs> just trying to coast. But at the same time, I mean, generosity, the the generosity that I've seen during COVID has been amazing. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't stop once COVID hit. Once COVID hit, we kept going. We mm-hmm. launched a social media campaign. We raised $30,000. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that generosity wow, like people were just sending in checks and they're like, I don't need this stimulus check. Here you go. Put it to somewhere others that can benefit it more. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even we had individuals who were even laid off and still donated. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's key because they just the importance. Because you see uh, oftentimes the people who are closest to needing the service are the ones who are usually the most generous because they have they know that direct connection and they've been humbled by the situation and so they know how important it is and so they even if it's just a dollar or two or 50 cents they do what they can to support the causes absolutely and like we had a great success story cuz we had ordered uh food for staff day here and uh it was a local business and it turns out the owner actually used our services. Um, and so she was like, what you guys saved my life. Like she's a business owner now and she's kicking butt and taking names. And so like he was able to do that and was like, no, this one's on me. Like to be able to hear that, like oh, and to her to come that much powerful. Hell yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's just like, you did it. And that's what we want for our families. I mean, we're a year program, but 
let's say you have one more year of college, mm-hmm. right? And you're doing good. We'll extend that for you. Mm-hmm. We're here for you. We just want success. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, we have some families that don't make it through the program. Um, but that's because of, you know, if dad comes back in the picture or they just move. Sadly, some of them just disappear and we never yeah. hear from them again. Um, those ones are hard. Those yeah. are very hard. Um, we had a kiddo who left the program. She graduated the program. Uh, she actually started when I started. Then that was so hard. That day was so hard because I was like, I'm proud of you. And she's like, I'm proud of you too. And I was like, bye. Like her name was Moshka and she was so cool. We danced. Like I watched her grow, like grow through the infant classroom into the toddler classroom. Mm. And when she first started, I mean, there was anxiety. She would scream and cry. Um, and for a lot of our kiddos, I never realized like that was a thing, right? Like I didn't realize that kids could have anxiety. Oh yeah. It's, it's rough. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard to see that these teachers here. Amazing. I do not have, they are amazing because they're all bilingual. They are, they have the biggest hearts I've ever seen. And they have patience of an angel because they, they are able to pick up a child and just give them the love that they need. And, and, I don't, and I don't mean that in no disrespect to the family, but visual and actually being in front of a child and engaging with them mm-hmm. is huge in developed growth, right? If you don't have those cues, then you're, you're off. Right. right. And for a lot of our families, they're either in a stroller most of the day being pushed around. Right. So they're not seeing mom or dad. Right. They're just being in a stroller. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also affects their uh, capability in terms of uh, physical development. Yeah. Just that that connection, that physical contact and the eye, eye contact. Absolutely. It's a huge, huge deal that I think a lot of people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ashley, I have some, some quick fire questions that I want to go through you through with you before we, we leave today. So short answers, the best that you can real quick. You ready? Real, real quick. Let's go. Okay. So what is the best tip that you have for making the world a better place? Be kind. Ooh, I love that answer. Mm-hmm. Be humble. Sit mm-hmm. down. <laughs> <laughs> I had to probably write that. (laughs) What is the most important thing you've learned in your life? Mindset. Your mindset, uh, positive mindset helps your direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. What would you like to say to encourage other women to live a healthy, happy, a healthy, happy life? I'm going to steal your quote and say, own it. And I mean, own it in the sense that be you. Um, I feel like for the longest part of my growth, I wasn't sure who I wanted to be, what, what, what personality I was comfortable showing to people. Um, I'm happy to say that I, I'm, I'm in a position where I can be genuine. I could be authentic and I could be me and that's okay. And you're um, a beautiful person just the way you are. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I say just be you and own it. Own everything you do, whether it's a mistake, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, not a mistake, whether it's good or bad, own it. I mean, mm-hmm. just take it. Uh, and I think that's hard for a lot of people in life. Uh, when they make mistakes, it's hard to be like, oh, I made a mistake, mm-hmm. right? Like, just own it. I yeah. mean, it, when you look back in the end, it's all worth it because Absolutely. you can make choices Every day is a fork in the road. Mm-hmm. Think of it this way. Every action you do is going to take you in a certain direction, right? Like, so just have control over it and try and keep that control. That's the hardest part, right? It's like, all right, cool. You can be in cruise control, but then all of a sudden your engine blows out, right? And then your your steering wheel pops off and you're like, wait, wait. It's all in your mind. Mm-hmm. But like those positive energies, those forces, the people pushing you to move forward. But also you, like you are the only one that could change you no matter what. Yeah. Amen to that one. That is the absolute truth. Yep. 
Yeah, I think I think oftentimes, you know, especially as women, we, you know, when we're younger, we wait around for the right man or right partner to come and change our life and, you know, make our dreams come true. You know, and then we look at the right job that's going to do it. And then we're like, well, you know, once I have my family and the right house and, you know, the kids, then, you know, my life's going to be perfect. And what you start to realize is you move through those steps and you still aren't happy or you still aren't content or you still aren't where you want to be. And what you realize is that you haven't done the work on yourself yet. You haven't become who you need to become in order to get to that spot. It's also in terms of like the the words you use, right? Instead of maybe or someday, if you start changing into tomorrow or today, right? Mm-hmm. Today, like the day I found out I was cancer free, like today, whoa, second day, like I literally woke up and I was like different person. Like I'm so different because I'm like, dang, I dodged a bullet and that bullet like woke me up. It shook me to my core. It. It truly has been amazing to see you change. Just your entire energy is so much brighter now than it was even a couple of months ago. I think it's been a really profound thing to see happen. And I see that because I, I in, in meditation, I take myself out to see it, where I've come from. Mm-hmm. You have to look back no matter what you have to, you have to look back and, and celebrate that and say, you know what? That was hard. Like, dang, we've been through some stuff, right? Like we've been through some stuff. We saw some things, but all of that has allowed us to be right here in this moment. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm where I want to be. You're where you want to be. We're changing lives and trying to make impacts, right? Like that's big stuff. And a lot of people are still having their, well, I don't know. Or like, what ifs? Like, oh, maybe someday, you know, and it's just changing that perspective. And it's it's hard by no means. Like anybody on there, like it's definitely hard, but it's possible. Yeah. And I mean that in the in the sense, like I know you guys don't know my, my whole story, but I mean, it's possible. Cause yeah. I've been in some pretty dark places. And when you see that darkness and it's so dark, it's you it's up to you to pull yourself out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Ashley, final question. You ready? What is the best habit change that you've made in your life that's made a positive impact? And we might have already touched on this, but if you have another one, you can share that one too. A gallon of water a day. This this has been the best positive impact in my life Um, in terms of mindset. It just makes your body feel good. and it keeps you full. And uh, I mean, just eating healthy and staying active for me, it's working out. Like working out is my, my adrenaline rush. I mean, mm-hmm. like, ew, why do you do that? But I mean, I do CrossFit and it's literally a, an adrenaline rush because you feel like you're going to die after every workout, but, <laughs> but then you don't, right? Yeah. So Did you die though? <laughs> Did you? Did you? Yeah, you die and then you come back to life afterwards. <laughs> That's how I view my life, right? My life's so intense, but I'm here. Yeah. Right. I'm talking to you. And, and uh, you know, I have the courage to be here today and happy for it. I'm wow. owning it. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so grateful for your time and your knowledge and just joining me today. So thank you so, so much, Ashley. Thank you for making your positive impact in the world and everything that you do for these ladies, because I mean, it's hard. It's hard for us as women to, to admit our, our uh, insecurities, mm-hmm. right? All of us women are insecure. Don't you tell me in there on the, in the webcam that you're not, you're so all, of us have, all of us have insecurities. We're just afraid to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so thank you. Cause I feel like you help bring you help bring those out. So it's very important. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners? Anything you think they should know? Nope. If you haven't got involved with Nika before, I mean, get involved with her. She'll give you a chance. And and she's one person. She's the first person who gave me that chance to the path that I am on now. So you are a key stakeholder in 
all of this because you were you were that chess piece that started the me on this journey. You're make me cry. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know where I would be in terms of like work, right? Like I I would I my world would be different. It would not be what it is right now, and I wouldn't be the person I am, honestly. And so thank you because through nonprofits, I feel like my heart's gotten bigger. Mm-hmm. My respect for people has gotten larger mm-hmm. and my uh, world view <laughs> has definitely opened Absolutely. and uh, giving and philanthropy and all of it. Like I'm in it to win it and I love it. And thank you for being a part of that. Well, thank you. Thanks for your friendship. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ashley. It has been such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. You too. Bye to all you listeners. Hope you enjoyed our uh, Bye. Hey, Nika here. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I truly hope you found value and inspiration. If you have, I'd be incredibly grateful if you took a moment to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend who you think might benefit from our discussion, and of course, leave a review. Your feedback not only helps me grow the show and design it to help you grow as much as possible, but it also helps others find our show in the sea of podcasts out there. Do you have a burning question or a topic you're dying to hear about? Please check out the show notes where you can record your request. Your question or guest suggestion might just be the highlight of a future episode. There's one more thing I want to share with you before I let you go today. There's a chance to get a free 30-minute coaching session with me, which could be featured on an upcoming episode. It's a fantastic opportunity for personalized advice and growth, and who knows, our conversation could inspire countless others on their journey too. As you guessed it, the link is in the show notes, so please check it out and sign up if you're interested. Once again, thank you so, so much for listening in and joining me today. Don't forget to act on the things that you've learned today so you can become the person who has the life, the career, and the success of your dreams. I'm wishing you a happy, healthy hustle, my friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.